Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Welcome to the bigger picture. Malaysian Prime Minister Ahmad Ibrahim last Friday tabled the country's largest ever budget as he made a further push for a shift from the current blanket subsidies to a more targeted approach aimed at giving more to the needy. This generally means increasing taxes and cutting subsidies next year as the country aims to achieve close to 5% economic growth. Among the measures announced include an increase to the sales and services tax from 6 to 8%, though it will not include food and beverages or telecommunications. There's also going to be a capital gains tax on unlisted shares, as well as separately, a high-value goods tax of 5 to 10% on items such as jewellery and watches. So to unpack what is the takeaways from the latest budget as well as the beneficiaries in the equity space when it comes to Malaysian stocks, we are checking in now with Anand Papakatan. He is the Head of Regional Equity Research at Maybank Investment Banking Group. Good morning, Anand. How are you doing today? Oh, good morning. I'm well, thanks. Yeah, lots to unpack. And of course, Malaysian Prime Minister Anwar Ibrahim took office nearly a year ago. So this budget was keenly anticipated because it is pretty much the first to bear his imprint, how he wants to shape where the policies are going. What do you make of the latest budget? How much did it meet your expectations? Well, I think uh, in a nutshell, it's a decent budget. Uh, I think it had to balance uh, the two key issues uh, facing Malaysia right now. One is the cost of living concerns, uh, which is top of the agenda for the government and the people. Again, you know, continue to be supportive of economic growth. And I think, uh, you know, it's walked that balance uh, pretty well. You know, as you pointed out, uh, it is a, a record budget, hmm. but it is only slightly higher uh, than the previous year's budget in terms of revenue and operating expenditure. So expansionary but mildly uh, expansionary. And at the same time, you know, it, it is tackling quite a few of the issues that we were expecting, uh, you know, in terms of targeted subsidies, as well as some tax issues like capital gains tax, uh, luxury goods tax, which were mentioned uh, in the February uh, retable budget, but there were no details. We're finally getting a few more details, not full details, uh, but, you know, we're getting a sense that overall, the government will move gradually rather than big bang in terms of revamping uh, the tax and subsidy infrastructure in Malaysia. Yeah, so we had a couple of things on the table right now. You have some rate hikes, tax hikes, and also some subsidy cuts as well. And in the mix, you have a push for a greener Malaysia. So what stands out for you from the slew of measures? Let's take the tax part first. You know, I mean, the elephant in the room for Malaysia has always been whether GST will come back. You know, as we had this a uh, couple of years back, it was eliminated in 2018. You know, GST would solve quite a bit of our fiscal issues. However, as I mentioned, you know, cost of living concerns, mm-hmm. the fact that GST is a regressive tax as well, difficult to implement, I think, in this point in time. So we, we sort of have these smaller uh, tax measures. I think the, the one that surprised us a little bit was the hike in service tax uh, from 6 to 8%. Uh, but again, even that is, is not a major sort of levy on the economy, given that a lot of sectors, principally F&B uh, and telcos, are exempted. So tax measures, I would label that as, you know, baby steps, perhaps towards GST down the road. On the subsidy side, again, the elephant in the room uh, was not addressed, which is petrol subsidies in Malaysia. You know, being a Singaporean, you know petrol in Malaysia is extremely cheap, very heavily subsidized. But that's not been tackled. However, if you look at the inflation forecast for next year uh, by the government, you know, it's a very wide range, uh, 2.1% to 3.6%. We've never seen such a wide range before. So I think there is signaling that, you know, the petrol subsidies will be dealt with in the months down the road. Uh, You know, once more data is available uh, for the government to act on in terms of 
of cash transfers. So that's going to be dealt with. But in the meantime, you know, we have rollback of subsidies on chicken and eggs, diesel, as well as electricity. So that's going to bring the subsidy bill down. So I think, you know, tax and subsidies, we are heading in the right direction. Maybe not as fast as some people would like, but, you know, the, the intention is definitely there. Yeah, talking about subsidies, this is actually singled out in terms of the petrol subsidies in Parliament by Malaysian Prime Minister Ahmad Ibrahim. He said that Malaysia is the third highest country in terms of petrol subsidies, but their tax collection is among the lowest in ASEAN at just 11.8% of GDP. So something he recognises, but perhaps more details to come on the front. Now, talking about cost of living issues as well as the Malaysian economy, Anand, where does Malaysia sit right now? How pressing is it when it comes to shoring up growth at this point? Because we've got so many issues in the backdrop, China's slowdown, you've got also trade disputes and geopolitical tensions. Where does Malaysia's prospects look like right now? Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at the, the incremental tax increases we've been seeing, uh, we saw in this budget, uh, as well as some of the subsidy sort of rollbacks, as I mentioned, for diesel, electricity, F&B, all that money, or a lot of that money is being channeled into support or income support. So the government has uh, announced bonuses for the civil service, and this is ahead of a revision in their pay structure, which will be announced. Uh, early next year as well. So that's one way of supporting, I guess, uh, the people in terms of cost of living headwinds. Uh, also, cash transfers have been increased in the budget quite substantially from $8 billion to $10 billion, uh, and that benefits about 9 million individuals. So the, the government is trying to support uh, mm. the public as much as possible to face cost of living issues. But the good news there is headline inflation rates have come down dramatically. They were you know, almost 4% last year. The latest numbers for August is showing 2.5%. So I think that's probably going to be quite uh, well received by the public as well. All right, so a boost for the economy. And we do have cash handouts as well as, I guess, a bigger push into the green space in terms of winners or even beneficiaries. Uh, what are the, I guess, more obvious spaces you're looking at right now, Anand? Yeah, so I think, you know, in the run-up to this budget, we had a lot to go with. There were a flurry of policy announcements. You know, you had the Badadi framework, you had the NETR, National Energy Transition Plan, or Roadmap, the new Industrial Master Plan. So if you look at the budget, if you look at the minutiae of the budget, you know, a lot of the allocation and incentives in the budget were sort of tailored to this announced policy framework and a lot of stock would be involved in this policy framework as well especially in the renewable space you know the, the EV space construction aviation so if you ask me for the equity market this whole budget is neutral to perhaps modestly positive I would say two sectors that stand out one is construction yeah. uh, we did see an increase in development allocation but no mega project which is good because mega projects tend to be prone to leakages and they're not very efficient to be honest but there's a lot more spending on things which are more local like flood mitigation, you know, airports, hospitals, schools. And that's going to be very stimulating for the economy. So construction is a sector we like. Uh, stocks like Gamuda, IJM uh, would be top of our list. Uh, the other sector we like is aviation tourism. 2026 will be Visit Malaysia year, so make sure you uh, plan ahead for that one. And there's going to be a lot of spending on tourism infrastructure, advertising, etc. in the run-up. So stocks that benefit from increased tourism numbers, things like MAHB, Malaysian Airports, Asia X, which does international flight, as well as you know, more indirectly, perhaps, getting Malaysia uh, with the casino here. So I think those two sectors would be what I would focus on in terms of uh, the more direct beneficiaries of these budgets. Yeah, all right, maybe I'll take you up on the invitation sometime soon. Tourism, aviation, among the sectors, plus construction as a potential beneficiary as well from the Malaysian budget. We've been chatting with Anand Padmakatan. He is the head of regional equity research at Maybank Investment Banking Group, helping us to break down last Friday's budget announcement from Malaysian Prime Minister Ahmad Ibrahim, the 
country's largest ever budget so far. Well, thank you so much for your time, Anand, and hope to catch up with you soon. You're welcome, and thank you very much. All right, stay Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.